You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan here, co-hosting this week with special guest Dan Plata of Blue Skies, uh, CEO of Blue Skies. Um, Blue Skies, if you haven't heard about him, we're going to dive into what that is, but uh, very impressed with Dan um, and his group, uh, Bookkeeping Beer and BS. And if you are um, a fan of the SA Weekly Talk Show, I'm actually going to be joining Dan um, next week on Bookkeeping Beer and BS. Uh, talking all things financials, automations, and you name it, uh, crazy business. But here on the SA Weekly Talk Show, I wanted to bring Dan on um, because he has a lot of experience in a lot of different services business. Now, predominantly, Blue Skies is working in windows and home cleaning, um, but through his bookkeeping, he has expertise in uh, pretty much all things service businesses. So if you have any questions or comments, Drop them in the comments below, and if we have some time, we're going to answer those questions live at the end of our talk. But, uh, Dan, if anybody hasn't seen you at any of the conferences, I know we ran into you at um, several service uh, industry conferences uh, throughout the last few years. Really impressed with what you guys are doing over there. But if somebody hasn't heard of you or what you do in your background of uh, predominantly bookkeeping, but maybe a little BS and beer as well, um, would you mind kind of introducing yourself and uh, letting people know how you cut your teeth in the service industry and then evolving into uh, bookkeeping? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm doing some Facebook shares. So if somebody catches this on a different page, I'm just trying to get it out there. So anybody that, you know, it's, it's maybe too early in the day to drink beer, but we can still BS and maybe feather in some bookkeeping. Um, but yeah, so so the the whole the whole bookkeeping world for me, uh, in a way came about by accident. So I got into the industry. Um, to help one of my buddies, Mike Dalkey, with his businesses. And I was doing some bookkeeping stuff for him. But for those that don't know my story, I spent like 10 years in the corporate world. No surprise, uh, an entrepreneurial guy. I got totally burned out after a decade in the corporate world. And I was like, I, like it wasn't about the money anymore. I just wanted to do something fun and create value that I got to keep, or at least the people that I like to work with got to keep. So um we had a window cleaning business at the time we bought some more window cleaning businesses we bought some home cleaning businesses and really uh that was our focus for a long time and it still is we still own and operate those businesses and they're kind of our cornerstone but in the last two to three years we had you know we, you build this network of other small business owners and you all kind of like you know they say misery loves company i don't know if we're all miserable or not but we all totally gravitate to the same type of stuff right and so so we built up this network um and totally by accident we had people start asking us for help on some of the things we had built systems for and you know we had 100 plus employees and so in multiple locations so we had to get really good at a few things that we were doing remotely which was recruiting and bookkeeping and marketing and over the last few years just we, we started to get tapped to just help people out with their systems using our labor. So we had the labor um, and we had our systems built. And so we just started like figuring out ways to plug our friends into our system so they could get the benefit of our scale. And then, you know, then they're like, well, that's awesome. We appreciate it. What do we owe you? And the first thing I could come up with is a case of beer because I'm from Wisconsin. And that's how you do, you know, a favor. You get a case of beer. Um, but eventually we realized, oh, we actually have a business here. Um, and so for the last couple of years, we've had our Blue Skies admin services business. So we went, we flipped sides of the table at the industry events. We would always go as a participant. And over the last couple of years, we've had to like figure out how to be a vendor. It feels really weird. Um, 
And, sure. and, and that, and that it, honestly, it's got to be the weirdest thing. Um, I got I to I, I, I hop in here. Is that transition from uh, the service business to a vendor and then maybe being both uh, the service business and the vendor being at those events is, is really, um, it's an interesting feeling because um, uh, those, those conferences are great. Um, got a big, big event coming up right now is SA Thrive, our virtual event for service autopilots. And then uh, hopefully everything calms down with COVID and the national crisis and uh, we can get, we return back to SA7 uh, back in Dallas next year. But um, Dan, before we really get into the nuts and bolts of bookkeeping um, and, and the things we really want to talk about, I got I to give you guys some credit. Uh, we had um, a, a member uh, that reached out to us as a certified advisor service autopilot and said, hey, Mike, um, I need some help with basically putting together a, a help wanted ad in, mm -hmm. in the Craigslist, Facebook, wherever you're going. Um, gentleman had some really good, good, good points on that, but the, he was basically um, formatting the the application, how do I put this, is more of this is what you need to do for us and this is what you're going to get paid. And it was all focused on basically just dollar, but nothing around culture and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, Blue Skies, uh, Windows, and Home Cleaning, then you've got different locations around, I'm assuming, the, the United States. But it was interesting being in upstate New York. Um, I opened up the filter on the Facebook uh, ad part basically for Help Wanted. And I ended up, I think it was for the window cleaning company, seeing one of your ads and then with the link into the automated, um, yeah, basically, system. yeah, but it was, it, and I, it, this is totally off the cuff, but I don't know if, if, if you, you feel comfortable at least just talking about on an extremely high level, what you've seen as success when you go out for, um, getting help in the way you're formulating that. Cause I know this gentleman, um, truly wants to get good employees. We all do, but a lot of times, including in the early years myself, um, I'd be focusing on, you need to show up. And this time you need a you know, reliable transportation. You, 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 it's not yep. like, what can we do for you? And obviously at this point, the game's changed with the millennial workforce. That doesn't necessarily fetch someone outside of like literally wanting a paycheck to cover probably like a carton of cigarettes and some booze for the end of the week. Like that's mm -hmm. probably not the person you want to build a business and a culture around. So yeah. before we actually dive into what we're talking about, the financials and the bookkeeping going into, you know, basically in the middle of Q4 right now, would you mind hitting on that? Because I just, the way you had that ad, I saw it yesterday morning. Um, I actually sent a link to it to the gentleman and said, hey, this is a good example of what you kind of should be basing some of that on. Yeah, I, I think that's an awesome question. There's, um, it's a bit of an art and a bit of a science type of thing. Like you mentioned, like the culture part is really the art to it. The science of how you talk about your culture is, it can be very like, methodical it doesn't need to look like a mathematical formula but in a way it kind of is um and we for for when we write a job ad we basically stole simon sinek's model of why how what um and so if you don't know simon sinek he has ted talks he has books um he's super engaging guy but he in, in one of his ted talks specifically and he has a has a whole book that elaborates on it but i think you'll get the gist with his ted talk but it basically says the companies that market successfully start with why they do something and then they talk about how they do it and then they talk about what it is. Like what it is is the least important thing. And for your job description, that's that is like what it is is your company. Nobody really cares about your company yet. They eventually will, but they care about why they should come work for you. And that's all about your culture. And so weaving in the cultural stuff first, why they're going to love working for you. And then the second thing is how they're going to do the job. 
like what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. And the last thing is like, oh, we happen to be a lawn care company up in upstate New York or wherever you're at. And by the way, here's kind of like the pay range. But it's got to engage them with cultural stuff first that makes somebody like read through the whole ad, right? And get interested and say like, this is where I want to be, right? And, it, and it's the same thing that causes people to leave companies, which is a shitty culture, is the same thing that attracts them to companies up front. It's not the money. It's the culture. It's the vibe. It's the place they want to go because chances are, hopefully they already have a job, but they're tra- they're planning on leaving it. They're just not going to leave it until they have something else. And they're probably leaving it because it sucks working there. So create a job that they want, an atmosphere that they want to go to, and then highlight that in your job ad and just always start with that why. Love it. And I haven't really heard that Simon Sinek uh, analogy, but I completely agree with it. So it, it was interesting. And I think probably why it resonated with me is that ad looked very, very similar structurally, the way we broke out the ones in Callahan's lawn care. So I'd sent the gentleman one of our old ads that we used at the lawn care company. Um, and then I went through and I'm like, well, there's got to be a newer version of this, or there's got to be something that resonates to kind of say, hey, I'm, it's not only me just doing this, like here's somebody else doing this and it looks not exactly the same, but it's resonating the same thing. So I'm glad you brought that culture piece in and how you weave that all together. Because that right now, let's face it, lab- labor's tough. We've gotten away from the $600 a week uh, unemployment bonuses, I like to call it. And, it. and depending on the state of where you're at, it, it's fluctuated. But yeah. it's still, it's hard to get people to, to actually show up to these jobs, especially if it's seasonal. We're getting near the end of the season. Um, and speaking near the end of the season, uh, believe it or not, if you're watching this live right now, we're in the middle of Q4. It's Q4, baby. Two months left. And if, especially if you're working outside lawn care, landscaping, pest control, um, you're probably not going to capitalize, depending where you're in the country, on the full what's left of, of Q4. Now, maybe if we're in the cleaning industry, we definitely, we're going to obviously capitalize. And it's a big one there as well because you've got the holiday rush. Um, mm-hmm. So whether you're in lawn care where you need to be pushing down the pedal and driving bottom line margins, because as we're going to talk about, we've covered most of our overhead, at least the fixed part. Or if you're in home cleaning, it's time to upsell those ancillary services and double down on that one-time reoccurring service. So, Dan, what do we do here with a few months left in Q4? What, what do we look at? What should we be focusing on? You know, I, to me, and th- this is maybe uh, almost like too plain and simple, but just putting money in the bank. It's it's like, and I'm up in Minneapolis, and it's not much different than upstate New York. Like, you got eight weeks left. Like, maybe it's cold outside right now. <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was telling you earlier, like, I'm going bow hunting right after this. Our high temp today in Minneapolis is 48. The lows were in the 30s. So, like, it's the leaves are going to start dropping like crazy. We need to go out and get a bunch of work done as fast as we possibly can before we get covered in three, four feet of snow. So, it, now, every part of the U.S. or the world is a little bit different, but the, the trigger for the consumer is still there, like, just like it is in the springtime with spring cleaning, like fall is is like winter prep time, right? Um, and so it has to, and, and for our business, it has to be winter prep time because our revenue is probably going to dip a little bit. Maybe not if you're in the maid service space or in janitorial, you can keep it, keep it rolling. Um, but if you're working at all on the outside of the house, I would say like what you should be focused on is almost nothing. You should just be focused on executing, like make sure you have, the capacity that you need and make sure you're you're booking the demand as fast as you can and just worry about making dollars pretty much through november the the flip side of that is in the the downside to being like so laser focused on that is it makes it really hard to start thinking and looking at 
2021 and we totally put it on the back burner and we like push, 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 push. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, it's Christmas time. And I haven't started like even thinking about 2021 or like creating a budget for it or planning on it at all. Like, I'm just happy that this year is done. Right. And we like go into hibernation mode. So it's not good or bad, but it's, it's go time. It's time to make money. Um, all capacity and demand, all capacity and demand right now. What do you say to an individual like, man, Dan, it's been crazy. We just got out of COVID this spring. I've been locked up with the family. You know, it's uncertain. I just got through the lawn care season or I finally, the doors just opened up my home cleaning business. I've been going, 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 man. It, it's almost the middle of October. I'm burned out, Dan. Like, can I just coast a little bit and get a breather? Like, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you say to that? Because is there inherently a negative effect if you just keep the status quo and just kind of go to the, into the winter softly? Like, what, what are you seeing it, it, with the companies you're working with that are doing that? It, and, and how do we avoid that if we should be avoiding? I'm assuming we should be. I mean, it, you, that's, that's tricky, right? Like, you got you to gotta do you and you got to take care of your mental health. But I also think we're as entrepreneurs, we didn't we didn't start a business and get to where we are because we ever feel like it's okay to coast. So we all now we all have those days where we wake up and you're just like, F, like <laughs> I don't have it in me to push today, but we all know that the next day it'll be back, right? Um, and so we just have that like natural fuel and fire to 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 drive it home, especially when we can see the finish line. Um, and if you're, if you're doing exterior stuff, you can see that finish line right now. And that usually, even, you know, if you're, if you're running a race and you're totally exhausted and you've been, you know, I've never run a marathon, but I can imagine what it would be like. You got, you know, three, four miles left and you're dead, but you know, you only got three, four miles left and you just do it. You just figure it out. Um, so I, I'd say just make it happen. Like now make sure you're delegating appropriately and make sure you're automating appropriately. And Mike and you, you and I have been on a couple different lives recently and we talked a ton about automation. So for those watching right now, if you didn't check out Sean day when he was with Mike a month or two ago, and then Mike was on with Sean on blue collar recruiting, we talked a ton about automation stuff. Um, so to help alleviate the burnout, delegate like crazy, uh, automate like crazy. Um, we're actually using Mike's bot here. I got a meeting with Kevin next week uh, to, to start implementing the bot to and automate and use some labor relief for sure. But got eight weeks to go. It's just time to make money, you know. Just got to get it done. And, and, and do you have any, before we jump into because the next thing I kind of want to touch on is with COVID and, 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 and doubling down and creating that cash flow or that cash flow war chest, as Jonathan Toshnik of the Lawn Care Millionaire calls it, um, we're going to look at some budgeting and some targets and things like that that we should be looking at as benchmarks now and then how we need to set that up for 2021. Um, but as you guys are running, you know, different uh, cleaning and window cleaning uh, operations throughout the U.S., we've kind of set the mindset of the entrepreneur. What are we saying to our team members? Because I know at my lawn care company, uh, we had to have basically, uh, for lack of a better word, we called it a retention bonus, basically a retention payout that mm -hmm. there would be almost a kitty of $1,200 to $2,500, depending on the, the, the longevity and the tenure in, in the position. But they had to get to the end of the fall cleanup season. And when we put that equipment away, they knew it was there, but right around this time, within a week or two, I remember I have to stand up on top of the trail and guys and girls, I hate to have this meeting, but we are near the finish line. 
And if we want to get that retention payout at the end, we've got to get through the season. Um, and that seemed to be almost letting them know that there was that finish line, um, whether it's right or wrong. But I mean, they knew most people weren't going to walk out on at least a grand that was guaranteed to them in a few weeks from now, um, right. if they at least finished the season. Um, so is there any tactics or things or, or ways to approach uh, your team or the way you guys have approached your team to, to not only attempt the mindset of the entrepreneur, the business owner, but how do we help the folks in the field? Because I think that's probably even worse than us because at the end of the day, they don't, they don't own the business. Hopefully they're bought into it, but man, mm -hmm. it's 48 degrees out in the morning. We're getting there. We're wiping the frost off the lawn mowers are hoping the windows aren't freezing while we're watching them. Um, how do we, how do we get in the psychology of those, those uh, workers to, to get them across that finish line? So I think, Money can money can do a little bit, right? Like we're all a little bit motivated by money. Um, it's not it's not everything, but it sure as hell helps. Uh, <laughs> but it so, doesn't do everything, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I love the idea of like an end of fall bonus and tied to like we need you to stick it out. I also, you know, I was actually talking with my business partner in Minneapolis about let's do a, a retention bonus in the springtime, and that springtime bonus you know, could be thousands of dollars, but it's also going to be tied to this fall. So if they finish the fall and come back in the springtime, like they get a huge bonus next year as well for, for making that turn. Cause we basically shut down for three, four months here. Um, I think that's part of it. The other piece of it, you know, like we know money isn't everything. If they get a job that's willing to cover that bonus and the culture's not right at our company, they're still going to leave. And in today's world with how hard hiring is, there's no saying that a job, you know, they don't find something else and negotiate the bonus that you were going to pay them into the like a hiring bonus with that company. So from a cultural standpoint, I think now is the time to like really focus on employee engagement coming down the stretch. Um, one thing that we, we make sandwiches for our guys. So they come in, Mondays suck. It's still like it's cold, whatever. They come in and get a hot breakfast sandwich that our leader is cooking, you know, on site. Um, hot coffee, hot chocolate, whatever, like running them stuff when they're out in the field on just tough, shitty days, making sure that they have good equipment, you know, stuff that's comfortable, especially if they're working outside. Um, but I think anything you can do from an employee engagement perspective this time of year, the money's good, but making them feel like they're being rewarded for busting their butts and, you know, below freezing temps, um, that, that's, that'll drive it home. Awesome. All, all good stuff. Couldn't agree with you more. I know at SA5, I believe it was Jason Cup, who's really big in the SA uh, ecosystem as well. Uh, one of the top industry consultants talked just about what you're talking about. He's throwing some things in the fridge, breakfast in the morning, and, and really defining that. That's I know a lot of people that Jason worked with find a lot of success in doing that. So I couldn't agree with you more. But diving in now, we're at the end of Q4. We're in the middle of Q4. We're looking at budgeting. How do we go out and set some targets for 2021? Um, and each industry is a little bit different, but at the end of the day, a budget's a budget. We've got to put it into play here at Simple Growth. We're just finishing ours up, putting the fine fine touches on it for 2021. Um, we're putting that into our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goals and where we want to go and, and creating public accountability. But if you've never created a budget or you're kind of struggling with it, um, I know we touched on it a little bit um, last week with our last guest, but I think your approach to different targets and the way you, you approach that is just a little bit different. I really like um, our pre-talk of how you tackle that. So do you mind kind of diving in of how you recommend setting up the 2021 budget and some of the targets and if there's any difference in industries you would look at? 
Yeah, definitely. And and to to what I was talking about earlier, I think everybody needs to be totally focused on making revenue right now. The detriment of that is that it kind of screws us over for planning for next year a little bit. We just like literally run out of time. So um, one of the things that we like to do in Blue Skies for budgeting and, and budgeting like sounds so boring and so trivial and like you're just guessing at the future. Um, there's, there's two ways to look at it and we kind of mash this together. So one way would be that your budget should be a reflection of what you've done historically. And then like that as a progression going into the future. The other way to look at a budget is as a target that says, here's my goals for next year. Right. And the truth probably lies somewhere in between those two things. Um, your budget is what you want to be able to measure against and stretch for. So, and maybe you even have like two budgets. You have like, here's what we expect, but here's here's our stretch goal or our BHAG, right? Um, either way though, that takes a long time to put together. So one of the things that I've found from doing bookkeeping for the last few years, and like super interestingly, whether you do lawn care, home cleaning, pressure washing, janitorial, um, any, like you can go on and on and just nitpick any any service company, our basic PL structure is exactly the same across all the service companies. And we have an interesting lens, A, because we run our own window cleaning, pressure washing, maid service companies. So we know exactly how to dial in those PLs. But because lawn care is not much different, because janitorial is not much different, because any service company is not much different, the the way to structure the PL and the percent expense of revenue that you should shoot for for anything, we know it. It's dialed in. So one of the things that I'm working on actually right now for everybody for this fall, um, and like we talked about earlier, this is just something I'm going to make for free to try to help everybody out because budgeting sucks. And I even like accounting, and I know budgeting sucks. Um, but I'm going to build target budgets for everybody that is based on their industry, based on they get to punch in their revenue goal. So it'll still be a little bit of like, what you expect to do and what you're shooting for, but all the expenses will fill in. And then there'll be a way for them to toggle and say like, I'm actually gonna spend a little bit more there, or I think I can do a little bit better here, but it'll it'll turn their budgeting process from hours and hours and hours to less than an hour, I'm hoping. So that way they can focus on revenue now, go make a bunch of money, let me take care of the budget for them. They just basically hit me up for my spreadsheet and let her rip. So that's what, that's what I'm working on for Q4 so that 2021 is is easy and starts off smooth for everybody. Yeah, so at the end, obviously, we'll, we'll, uh, whoever is listening here, whether you're live on Facebook, recorded, or even on the podcast, we'll, we'll make sure we get your contact information so people can reach out for that template. But uh, I believe you actually had a, a payroll protection um, PPP uh, spreadsheet you gave out to one of your groups there as well, and I got a hold of that. And that, uh, that template Boy, itself. I'm always ripping up spreadsheets. That's just I, I mean, I, I thought I thought I liked Excel yeah. sheets, but you might be my brother from another mother. I was like, there's no need to recreate this. This man has is masterfully put these uh, statements together in formulas. But it, yeah, if it's anything like the payroll protection payback uh, sheet, I mean, that, just very nicely put together. So we'll definitely at the end of this get get some information on how people can reach out for that. Um, so now we're we're kind of set these budgeted. And we're looking at now we're getting near the end of Q4. We're, we're calling our accountant and the accountant's like, and man, you know, even with this pandemic, you guys weighed way too much money. You should go buy some equipment. Um, that's traditionally what we hear. It's usually an ugly cycle where we go out and we want to accelerate that depreciation. Um, 
So obviously doing that, sometimes it's the right move. Sometimes it's the wrong move. I know you've got a lot of expertise in this, but um, I think looking at that, what are your thoughts on cash flow? How to buy it, lease it, finance it, pay cash. Um, and what's the benefits of, you know, potentially depreciating out of the five years or accelerating the depreciation for the, uh, basically the tax write off to offset the gain of income. Uh, all thoughts, depreciation, acceleration of buying equipment uh, right now. Yeah. So, and, and, I do think to, to what you said, the first step is like, if you're thinking you need to buy equipment or you're not sure if you should, you know, whether you need it or not, like talk to your CPA, the, the equipment is only like a small part of your overall tax picture and your taxes are personal. They feel like they're business to us because most of our income, if not all of our income comes from the business, but your taxes are personal. Your CPA is going to be the person that knows that. Even me as a bookkeeper, like I won't know your your tax situation. Um, so make sure you're talking to your CPA about it. The the idea of buying equipment in advance of the end of the year to get the tax write off, not a bad idea. If if you've got a, a bunch of income that got stacked up this year, especially and depending on what happens with the PPP loan, they still you know like right now the PPP loan and any forgiveness that you get from it is technically taxable. Yeah, um, that's, that's up in the air, but that, that looks like it from what I've seen right now recently, it's going to probably be taxed as income, correct? Exactly. Exactly. And so like, that's a shit ton of income sitting there, depending on what you got. Right. Um, and so, so buying equipment might be a great way to reduce your tax liability this year and offset some of that PPP. If you got it and your business, you know, hung in there and you were okay, God forbid, if it didn't like, then maybe the PPP was just enough to balance you out and, and buying equipment doesn't make any sense. Um, but if you're going to buy equipment for tax purposes, that doesn't mean take all the money in your bank account just because you have the cash and go blow it on equipment. Okay. So just because you have the money doesn't mean you should spend it. Cash, the, the best use of cash is not equipment, it's marketing. Marketing grows your business. Equipment doesn't grow your business. It just helps like fulfill that. So, so marketing is the best investment that you can make. The next best investment you can make is, is usually in your people and maybe like the third or fourth best investment would be like better working equipment. Um, but just because you have the cash doesn't mean you should, you know, and let's say you're going to go buy a $30,000 truck or a new trailer or mowers or, or whatever it is. Um, just because you have the cash, don't spend it. We have a we have a couple rules at Blue Skies that we use when we buy equipment. So I'll run through those real quick. One of them is always finance. And uh, Ramsey would kill me. Dave Ramsey would kill me if he heard me say that. But he doesn't really care who I am, so I'm probably in the clear. Um, but always finance because it you know us put an asterisk around that. Not always the right thing for everybody. But generally, you can get an interest rate for five to eight percent financing an asset um, because there's collateral, right? The asset. Um, generally, our service businesses generate a twenty to thirty percent return when we put marketing money into our business. Assuming we we know how to manage the marketing of our business, it spits out a return. If it didn't, we wouldn't do it, right? Like our business is nothing but the, our own personal stock market. We could take our money go put it in the stock market, try to get a return. Instead, we usually take our money, put it into our business to try to get a return. And in general, our businesses return 20 to 30%, let's say. You will always, always, always want to go borrow money at 8% and then go get a 20 to 30% return. 
like mathematically that works every single time. So instead of taking $30,000, putting it all into a truck, you want to finance that truck. You're still going to get the tax write off of it. Even though you didn't spend all the cash, like you still purchase that truck. It's still an asset. It'll still be depreciated the same way, whether you bought it all in cash or financed it, but you're going to want to finance it so that you can save your cash, go invest in marketing, and then give that truck something to go do. Um, the flip side of that is never finance all of it. The, it's super, super risky to finance 100% of an asset, A, because the minute we drive it off the lot, we know that it loses value, and now we're upside down in it and backwards. And, and like that sucks in and of itself. It feels shitty, for one. So like reason number one not to do it is because it just feels awful. But reason number two not to do it is because all of a sudden you are out of options, especially if you don't have the cash to buy it out. Um, now you're totally out of options. Like you're you're stuck. There's not a whole lot you can do to get out of something that you're underwater on. Um, so the rule that we use is always put down at least 30%. So there, that gives you a range, like 30%, you have enough of a cushion that you're not going to get upside down on it, but finance the other 70%. Like get that leverage so that you're generating more income in your business, spending it on marketing. Another thing that you could do to that point, if you know buying an asset isn't a thing, maybe you're a home cleaning business and you're you're not running company vehicles or anything, so your assets are really light. You're not going to go buy a truck, right? What 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 are you going to do with the truck? Um, see if you can buy marketing in advance to get the tax write off this year that might be an option see if you can get into some contracts it might not make sense from a cash flow perspective and it doesn't don't do it but again the the number one thing to invest in your business is marketing of, of equipment doesn't grow your business marketing and people do so if you're trying to get some expenses that reduce your tax tax liability for this year like maybe even start with marketing and like prepay on some stuff so that you can get that expense on your p l Cool. Really good advice. A couple of things that, that, that I, I honestly have forgotten that we've done uh, multiple times in the past is instead of buying out the, those big trucks and those things for that right off, we would actually, we'd spend 35 to $40,000 in a month and a half to about a month in the spring for that advertising rush. Mm -hmm. And we would literally go out and pre-buy that pre-springs rush if we had the cash flow and we needed to have an offset. And I think one of the biggest things that allowed us to scale our business exponentially quicker than a lot of people in our market is they were going out and buying into you know, $35,000, $40,000 trucks where before they had the work and you mentioned it, like you, you, the marketing has got to become before you buy the equipment. And if you have good vendor relationships, as far as your truck, your lawnmower, your trailer, whatever else you're doing in that service business, those things can be bought within three to five days, especially if you've got good credit, if you have to do that, or if you've got yep. cash money on, on hand. So those things are, I think can be very dangerous because we're talking about cash flow and cash flow crushed a lot of people in COVID when that hit because people mm -hmm. didn't, like they weren't planning on their business literally shutting down or going down to 20% capacity literally overnight. So um, cash flow is king. So obviously I think it's great, great advice. You just don't want to go out and spend that money um, because you may need it. Um, and you really kind of need that cash war chest um, of maybe eight weeks as they did with payroll protection or probably a little bit more. So if something does hit the fan, the second round of this, if it hits, you're available. And if the government's not coming with a bailout, you can at least bail yourself out and keep yourself afloat. Um, so as we're talking, um, towards the end of this, Dan here, and I know your time is very valuable and compressed schedule. So I appreciate you joining us last minute here with some things changing here on the essay weekly this week. Um, 
it's got me thinking. So uh, I know in my my journey as an entrepreneur, uh, early days of starting out um, in high school, going through college, we started out with a DBA in college, became an S-Corp. Um, and then with Simple Growth, we originally came out and started in as a LLC and did a, um, a subchapter S, S-Corp election for actually filing the taxes within mm -hmm. the LLC. So I guess over the last 25 or 26 years, I pretty much have hit the gamut of everything you do outside of an actually C corp. Um, mm -hmm. So far as structuring the business, if we're setting up our budget, we're buying sorts of equipment for tax write-offs and we're doing everything else we should do to set ourselves up for success. Is there anything we need to be looking at if we're looking for our business election, as far as the, um, the C corp, the S corp, the DBA, whatever we're looking at, is there timing and things we should be looking at going into Q1 2021 to maximize the benefit of the, the entity that we're actually using, or if we do shift an entity in that case? Totally, totally. And and I think that if, if somebody would teach us before we start businesses about like some of the things that you need to know before you start a business, this should be like one of the top things is how to structure it when to become an S-Corp, when you should just be an LLC, and what the tax ramifications are. Now, like, I'm I'm even an accountant, and, I, and taxes, like, ugh, it's like, oh, gross, taxes. Um, but, like, you have to have a basic understanding to know where, like, how to be efficient with your tax planning. One of the things that I see that trips guys up over and over and over and over again is they wait way too long to become an S-Corp. So you talked about doing it in both of your businesses pretty early on. You said even in college, you guys, you guys figured that out. So yeah, we had, we had a couple of crews and and started actually making more money in the business than I would have with my corporate gig. So, um, and, and you'll probably elaborate this, but one of the things that I wish is like people would tell you is like you need to get your bookkeeper, you need to get your accountant, and you need to get your financial person, and sometimes your lawyer all on the same page, talking the same language. Mm -hmm. um, but we were accumulating uh, revenue and, and basically value to that business when I was still in college. Um, that I didn't necessarily own a house or anything, but I wanted to basically get that corporate veil over what we had actually built. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and that was, you know, I was blessed enough that uh, a lawyer that I knew was like, hey, you you need to get with an accountant that knows what they're talking about and, and really look at that entity because you've got four or five employees. You may still be in college, but you own a few trucks and equipment. And, um, you know, that's got to be taken. So I don't want to cut you off, but I just, that, that was the turning point. But as entrepreneurs, we're on this like lonely island. And this is where social media and everything is, is beautiful because now we can talk to each other virtually um, and share these experiences and learn from each other. But um, I'll let you get into that point. But I think you're about to make an extremely important point. So, so yeah. So let me, let me first say like how the income and taxes are going to work if you're not an S-Corp. So if you're not an S-Corp today, the way this is going to go is you're not paying yourself a salary. Even if you take money out of the business, it's basically considered an owner distribution as if you're not an employee of the business. Um, what's gonna happen is the business is gonna make however much money it makes. What you pay yourself is irrelevant to that. Government doesn't care. The government's gonna tax you. Let's say you do 100,000 in revenue and the business makes 40,000 of that in earnings, maybe you paid it all to yourself. Maybe you took every dime out of the business as a distribution. The government doesn't care that you took the money or not. The government's gonna tax you on that 40,000 as if it was your payroll. So they, they this is called self-employment tax. It's they, they hit you twice. You pay the employer side of that payroll tax, and then you pay the employee side of that payroll tax, 
That's the self-employment tax. And then you pay your income taxes on top of that. So they basically tax you as if you're an employee of the business anyway. You pay taxes as if you're the employer and the employee, and then you pay your income taxes. So if you flip that narrative and you become an S-corp, now you have to pay yourself a wage. Let's say you pay yourself 20, you know, same, same numbers, business does 100,000, you have profitability of 40,000, but let's say you paid yourself 20,000 of that as a wage. Now you only pay payroll taxes on that 20,000, you don't pay payroll taxes on the other 20,000. So what's 15.3%? And, and, and this is if you're doing 100,000, if you're doing more than 100,000, you know, in revenue and depending on your profitability, like we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars here where you're leaving it on the table if you're not an S corp um, and paying yourself as an employee, but therefore only having to pay payroll taxes on a portion of that income. So like I said, when you become an S corp, then you're an employee of the business of that corporate veil. You pay payroll taxes on your wage when you take it, but your distributions your, the income of the business doesn't get taxed as payroll. It just gets taxed as income to you. So saves you thousands of dollars in payroll taxes, basically. And the I'll say the tipping point where it starts to make sense is if you're that LLC tax as a sole proprietor, when the income of your business, not the revenue, but after all the expenses are taken out, including depreciation, including everything, what's left, if that income amount net for the year starts to creep over like 20 to 25,000, that's the time to become an S corp. That's where like, and there's benefit before that, don't get me wrong. But when you become an S corp, you're going to have two tax returns to file. You're for sure going to want a CPA to do the filing for you. So now you're going to have fees to pay two tax returns. Um, so there's a little bit of complexity added in. Therefore, if, it, if you're making less than 25,000 in net income in your business, it, it's not necessary. You're not going to gain that much from doing it, but if you're if you're doing over twenty to twenty five thousand in net income, and that's remember, it's not. It doesn't matter if you're taking money out of the business. Like if the business's net income is over that twenty to twenty five thousand, then then today you should be talking to your accountant so that on January first you're an S corp. Like yeah, you got a perfect opportunity, clean split, end of year S corp. Love it. Couldn't have said it better myself. I appreciate it. And it's just like, it's these things you, if you don't know, you don't know. So this is kind of why we're doing this. Um, obviously getting here to the top of the hour, want to uh, wrap this up in a few minutes just so we can respect your time and you can go out there and uh, hunt and gather and do what you do in the woods, uh, brother. I mean, it, man of the wild out there hunting. I mean, uh, I, I honestly feel like the Holiday Inn is roughing it for me because they don't have room service half the time. So <laughs> I, I got to respect the hustle outside. The, uh, um, <laughs> the real important part about it is that it's a date. My wife's coming with me. Um, I'm going to have the bow, she, but she's going to come with and hang out. It's our, you know, get away from everything date. So we'll see. Love it. Love it. Good luck with that. A uh, couple questions. Janie wants to know that um, she's worked with a couple of businesses in Europe. Uh, can you, would your uh, services be able to help someone in Europe or do you have any suggestions? Um, and kind of wrapping into that as well, um, question, uh, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you and potentially get that targeted budget free template that you're going to be giving away here shortly, uh, how do people reach out to you at Blue Skies? Go to uh, yourblueskies.com and then on our bookkeeping tab there, I'll, I'll, I'll drop our website in the comments, but if you go to yourblueskies.com, there's a bookkeeping tab. You can kind of fill out and put a little comment that you you heard us on uh, the Simple Growth podcast, and we're we're 
you know, talking about the budgeting thing. If you want that tool, kind of pre-subscribe. I'm building it right now, um, and I'm trying to get some input on it as to, you know, what is useful for people, what's not useful for, for people. Keep it super, uh, like, simple, like, obvious, easy to fill out, kind of like you're talking about the PPP one that I made. It's like... Yeah, it's it, was, it was beautiful. It was it was nice. It was simple. It wasn't too complicated, but it got what you needed to get out of it. So that's what I kind of love about you guys uh, over at Blue Skies, just uh, knowing you for the last few years, just, just kind of giving good content and uh, just helping everybody out with those free, free giveaways and, and things like that. And obviously, if people need expert help, they're going to reach out to you for the paid services. But uh, very similar to what we're trying to do here at the SA Weekly, just, just kind of drop some knowledge and help people over those hurdles that we, we've had to unfortunately uh, get lucky enough to, to get over and work through. Um, but so, yeah, check it out in the comments, yourblueskies.com. Uh, check it out. And uh, Dan and Sean are always there and, and you get, you get subscribed for that template. Um, in addition here, uh, as you can see on the screen here, we've got um, the simple growth podcast So on all your major platforms uh, right now. Uh, we've got that. So this one here is uh, on Spotify, but on all the major channels. So if you can't join us on the Facebook Live, you're still out on the, the truck or the cleaning crew. You want to throw some headphones in and uh, spend a half hour to 45 minutes with us a week. Um, they are updated within an hour of the show usually. Uh, we're well over 60 episodes right now. So uh, the SA Weekly Talk Show, just search Simple Growth um, in any of the major iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, you name them, we're there just helping grow the community um, and build this system here in the SA ecosystem. I want to say what's up to Hobie Barrett as well. Uh, longtime watcher, great guy, just crushing it down in Savannah, Georgia as well. I had a great time with uh, Hobie and his wife at the uh, Quality Driven Software Conference last year in Savannah with uh, other certified advisor, Martha Woodward. Um, and I'm telling you, if you, if you don't uh, have it on your calendar and you're comfortable traveling, Martha's uh, got some room left, I believe, for her uh, – QDS 2021 a conference down in Cancun, uh, depending on travel restrictions uh, in New York here, I may be uh, visiting that conference, uh, attendee vendor and everything else in between. So, sure. so can't wait, brother. Uh, we will see you there. Any closing thoughts? And obviously if you have any questions for Dan, how to hook up with him and grab his templates, it's uh, yourblueskies.com. Link to it in the uh, show comments as well. So any closing thoughts, brother? Really appreciate you joining us. So for, for Jeannie's question about working in Europe, I don't, uh, we don't have any clients in Europe, not to say, you know, business is business and finance is finance. I don't know what the exchange rate is today, but euros to euros is a lot like dollars to dollars. So I might not be able to do, do work for them, but I can sure as heck be a resource for them. So. Yeah, if not anything else, they should grab that template. I know uh, Simple Growth, believe it or not, is now pretty international. So we started out in the States, uh, North America and Canada. Now we've even got service autopilot users um, in England and believe it or not, Australia. So if anybody is watching in Australia, we'll uh, we'll figure out a two-day deep dive if you cover the airfare because, man, we need to get away from uh, crazy New York State. So until next week, SA Weekly Talk Show, Mike Callahan here. Uh, Dan Platt from Blue Skies, and uh, watch out for some big announcements of some new guests coming in uh, on the SA Weekly Talk Show, but um, possibly going to be having Marcus Sheridan of They Ask You Answer of the Sales Lion, uh, definitely going to be having Lisa Marino of the uh, Service Autopilot Marketing Team and Field Edge. Uh, Lisa last was on probably 18 months ago and just dropped a knowledge bomb on marketing, Facebook ads, and you name it. Um, she is just a powerhouse. So Looking forward to a lot of big things coming down on the SA Weekly Talk Show. Looking forward to our talk next week, uh, Dan. And 
you know, we'll be posting in, but uh, working on uh, Marcus Sheridan. So that'll always be a good one. He was at uh, SA5 two years ago. I just saw him at the top 100 lawn, lawn and landscape magazine. Like I got behind me here, state mm -hmm. of the industry, top 100. And he dropped some knowledge on um, what he's talking about. And if you haven't picked up your discounted tickets for SA Thrive, Marcus is actually going to be the head keynote uh, talking about video in your sales process. So always something to be gleaned from Marcus. Um, as he's a silent partner now with river pools and spas and the sales line where he's going out and teaching other businesses to crush it. Like he did at river pools and spas. So till next week, yeah. SA weekly talk show, Mike Callahan, Dan Plata, uh, 12 central 1 PM Eastern. We'll see you next week. Thanks Mike. Thanks brother. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.